Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 252, we look at how to forge space for creativity with Murray Galbraith, founder at Half Decent and mentor with Startmate. Murray discusses the importance of building blocks of time into your schedule that include time for curiosity without a specific outcome. We discuss how removing boundaries and giving our brains creative space enables freedom for our ideas and increases our problem-solving abilities. This is Murray's version of Be The Drop. This episode was recorded live at Southstar in Adelaide. I've included a link in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about Southstar. Murray, I'm so excited to be sitting down with you again. We wrangled you to join us for Transcending the Gender Narrative, the documentary series we worked on. And this year, I'm so excited to have you sitting down for the podcast, Be The Drop. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I had a blast. It was it was a random, you know, connection to sit down and 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 shoot and talk about gender, but it was a real honour. And you you guys have produced something amazing, award oh. award nominated. Oh, it is exciting. But before we get into that, I wanted you to share us a story, a moment, or an item of significance that has you know really shaped this path that you're on. Sure. So I'm guessing most people you ask that will talk about something COVID related because it is the great reset. It's an extraordinary once in, hopefully once in a generation uh, reset. My COVID happened two years before COVID came. COVID was almost like ground cover for me. It was an opportunity to not be expected to show up for certain things and and not to smile for the cameras and all that sort of stuff, which I really needed. It was an incredible thing. But my big moment really came from my last project, a big tech event, just like Southstart called Myriad, when it fell over, when my co-founder, for whatever reason, decided that he no longer wanted me around. And so for whatever reason, decided to hack into my laptop and try and remove me from the company. And the moment that that happened, I knew the project as we gave birth to it in its initial form was dead. And yet we still had three months until our second event with 5,000 people coming, with a charter jet from Qantas flying from Silicon Valley to Brisbane, with four and a half million dollars raised at that point to deliver, you know, essentially the biggest tech event of its kind in, in the country. And pushing through the anxiety and the questions, <laughs> the, com- the complexity that that brought up was the most important and the most difficult, the most challenging, and the experience that set me on my current course of not producing tech events, but producing content for other companies, for helping build other people's ideas rather than my own. Yeah, I mean, there's that huge personal toll. You know, for people outside of events, if you've worked in events and you've worked in event organisation, you'll be like, yes, I feel that, I relate. You've had some version of that experience, whether it might not be on such a big scale, that's, you know, serious weight on your shoulders when you've got that much money and that many people. But anyone who's been involved in events can know that there's such a personal toll that you put into those events. And I think it's interesting because 
be the drop is around a saying that I like, which is a waterfall begins with one drop and it's all around communication that motivates and inspires and connects us. And I think that the key element is that human element, which is exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's really interesting that you tap into that. And I think it leads so well into this conversation about creative and idea generation in that it's this the human that I think is feeding that. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Sure. Well, there's two parts to that. So one, well, I'd like to think that my story would appeal to those in the events, but also just anyone who's been um, in a a particularly working relationship, which comes with its own complexity and weird set of constraints. It's amazing when you find a great partnership, it just unlocks so much more of you and adds to your ability to produce things that are outside of your particular skill set, etc. But, you know, it means that you're codependent it means you're reliant on on someone else and when that falls apart for whatever reason it can be incredibly difficult but the second thing to talk about the need and the and the desire that i think has been revealed in all of us to connect with more humans post-covid it's always been there like we all know that we love being around people but because of the complexity of the world and because of the way that we've constructed our lives, it hasn't been the squeakiest wheel for a long time. You know, we, we've been trying to fill our diaries with more meetings and trying to get more money or whatever it is. And when all of that noise is taken away, then all of a sudden, all you're left with is our deepest desire. When you don't have the ability to connect with people, all of a sudden you realise, wow, I really missed being around others and having the energy either put into me or zapped out of me and their ideas bouncing off my own and their perspectives. It is so, so stressful when you realise you only have your perspective. You know, that's why we crave Netflix and, you know, like all of these other, you know, great documentaries like yours, you know, because it's like, give me something outside my own scope of experience. And when you're spending, and I feel terrible for particularly single parents, you know, people who have been locked up for the past 12 months outside of Australia with their kids in a tiny apartment in Spain or Italy or whatever it is. How on earth have they maintained a sense of identity and curiosity and productivity? I mean, we're so lucky here. I know everyone says that, but we're just so lucky that that is a different experience. I also think maybe in some ways we will wish Sometimes I wish that we had been hit a bit harder because I think that Australia will feel very strange, certainly to people not from Australia. But I think that we, when travelling in the next decade, we as Aussies will feel very strange not being able to connect with that collective experience in the world. That's interesting because, yeah, the experience internationally is going to be so different. I mean, we're still seeing it unfold internationally, you know, a year after. Yeah, I was really excited to get on a plane. I was really excited, but I was also really friggin' nervous. And having a conversation with you, having a conversation, lots of people asking me, hey, like, you know, can we work together or whatever? Like, I just want to be back in my room with my kids all of a sudden. There is a, there is a level of social anxiety which I've never felt under any other circumstances. And I cannot overstate this enough that the long tail of COVID on countries outside of Australia and New Zealand will be extraordinary. The social anxiety, the complexity of those feelings, they will be feeling that sense of nervousness for years and years. Mm. And in ways that 
I don't think any of us can really wrap our heads around. That's to take away even just the primary health care, you know, challenges, but the ongoing mental health, you know, stuff is a whole other story. Yeah, I think we'll see that playing out for a while to come yet. For sure. We've gone deep, Murray. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me at all. We're talking about creative and ideas. I think sometimes people do think creative ideas, it's got to be frivolous and fun. But what if you're talking about topics that are real and raw and deep? And hopefully there there is a range of these topics that creative content is required for. So you're looking at how do people come up with and generate ideas? What are some of the barriers and what are some of the things that they can do to feel creative yeah so i've spent most of my life coming up with ideas being paid to to rent my my brain which has been you know just an honor i was so excited once i discovered the advertising and marketing industry because up until then i was just an annoyance i you know asking being curious was not welcomed in the outer outer suburbs of melbourne in grade three you know it was like just disruptive and now disruptive is meant to be exciting, but at the time I was just disruptive. So now I am lucky enough to help people, you know, push past those those barriers. I jokingly and not jokingly take more showers, spend more time in the water. It's the only time that we spend out away from screens. Scarily, it is one of the very, very few times that we spend away from screens. Letting your mind wander, just <laughs> being curious, spend as much time as you can not thinking about a specific outcome gives your brain time to that's what sleep does so that's on the imagination side in order to turn those ideas into something in is the the process of creativity on that side some of the things you can do is come up with imaginary constraints come up with give yourself imaginary deadlines one way that i came up with some really good ideas in, early in my career was i told myself that i was applying for a job with steve jobs and so i was going to prepare the best possible portfolio i could of ideas to show steve jobs i just i was terrified I made myself believe that at some point he was going to just appear out of the out of thin air and say, "Hey, you know what have you got for us?" Um, still waiting for that call, but <laughs> the the process of adding constraints to the to the imagination process is how we create more creativity in our lives. Yeah, and I I like that. First of all, you're starting with freedom and flow, and say you know go and for me it's jogging you know yeah. you said go for a walk yeah. and yeah and like honestly I've said to so many people I am a genius when I jog <laughs> and the problem is then I come down and I write some of this stuff yeah. and I go like oh probably not as genius as I thought but <laughs> that's the constraints that's the, this, that's the convergent part of your brain yeah there's just flows going on and it's just out there and I'm like suddenly oh, oh sometimes I'll just have to stop I've got to record this yeah absolutely and there is just so much science that supports that now I mean that's your body doing what your body loves to do it's lighting up all of the different parts of it it's creating so much more traffic through your brain which makes your synapses fire up and connect with other parts of your brain all of a sudden it's just doing what it loves to do yeah. and most of the time when we sit at a screen or try and block we, we unnaturally block that out because we're scared to sit there for five seconds not thinking about anything you know which is bananas and as a creative or anyone interested in storytelling or creating content you need to build those imagination blocks into your into your day into your mm. week yeah and even if it is going for a walk and then I like that you're then going okay and that's the the block the imagination block give yourself that time and space 
and then give yourself a framework to develop and expand the creativity. Because, you know, sometimes there is this sort of nice thinking that creatives are like artists and they just suddenly go and paint a masterpiece or something. But that's, you know, any artist has practised and trained and worked on their craft, and this is what you're saying, the idea of practising and training on developing ideas and creative content takes a framework Absolutely. around it. Yeah. yeah, so in in my talk today, that was one of the most important slides, is really around creativity is the practice of acting on your ideas. It is not coming up with ideas. That's imagination, which is really, really valuable. It is not the same as creativity. You can be imaginative without any deadlines or without any constraints, and that's magic. That's awesome. You can go and be an artist or have a hobby or whatever. That is a really, really valuable way to come up with ideas. But if your job is to deliver, to be creative, to get paid for that, you know, creative, or to 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 jot it down on a on a piece of paper or to build things, then you need a way of working through that process, and that requires the two parts. Which uh, so the second part of that is not just coming up with ideas, but giving yourself constraints. Without that they're just ideas you know we're really good at coming up with ideas in the last 45 minutes before a client pitch you know so make that 45 minutes a week early and see if you can beat it the second time or get to know your pitch really well i know and i'm thinking yeah i do love deadlines always have worked well under a deadline totally totally (laughs) it's human nature right absolutely and it's and it we you can't come up with great ideas truly great actionable ideas without constraints The rest is just, again, it's just exploration. How important is it in that process to really identify and understand what are some of the key constraints, not just a timeline or a deadline, but who are the ideas for? Well, I mean, the the hard thing talking here is I don't know what challenges you're working on or what people listening are working on. The challenge there is knowing that every brief that we get has uh, a different level of constraint the best one that i've ever worked on certainly in advertising was drawing 50 boxes and having to fill every single box with a different way of solving the problem you know that could be what if the product was 100 feet tall what if the product was nano you know size and got injected into people what if it there was literally nothing left on the planet except the the product or the thing you know throw it like bend it make it as big as small as weird as common as you possibly can and after a while some of those ideas you just get them out just pump them out and don't fall in love with your third idea or your fifth idea or your 20th idea because you will come up with better ones and you will iterate on those ones even when you've changed the world it's a you know the greatest idea ever keep going because that process that that act that practice of turning up again and again and again is what will make you a, a truly you know great creative mm. and what do you think is is the challenges that you've experienced or seen in that creative process whether it be the first step or the second but along the way things that sort of inhibit or block oh fear and ego fear of presenting dumb ideas fear of admitting that you're actually you know haven't done the work uh fear of showing up and ego you know as an extension of that fear you know ego my ego is just astronomically large and so deeply connected to 
my identity as a creative that I, I, I can I can say till I'm blue in the face. Be really clear, like rip my ideas apart because I don't I, I don't care about them. You know that, but it's not true. They 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 matter to me. I've put my my blood my heart and soul into them. So I need to deal with that on a daily basis. Every day when I show my ideas to to someone, hey, you asked me to think about problem X. Here's solution Y, uh, and they'll say, oh, it's okay. You know, does it come in blue? Or you know that's that's interesting, but we need, we don't have enough money, you know, to build that, you know, solution or whatever. And I naturally feel embarrassed. I, I you know, I, I'm dealing with that on a daily basis. The imposter syndrome comes up for all of us. Why on earth is someone going to give me money to sit here and come up with ideas for them? But I guess the first 10 or 15 minutes of my presentation was really dedicated to talking with the audience about whether we agree that creativity is valuable. Because... I often question that. I often feel like it's garbage, like I'm just wasting my time. But the problem is the world is becoming exponentially more complex. And, you know, it, it, it was once very complex, but that got trained out of us. And, you know, no one wants a very curious factory worker. They're not valuable. You don't want, ha- you don't want a room full of people saying, well, what if we did it faster or better or whatever? You just want them to do their jobs and go home at five o'clock or 10 o'clock, depending on what they're doing. Fortunately, we're moving outside of the factories again and people are once again saying, wow, we need, we, we need to think bigger than this. We need complex thinking. We value systems thinking. So there's no question that there is value to create creativity, to the creative process, but it's so often associated or applied to frivolous you know, activities like selling more soap to people who don't need more soap or, you know, whatever. I don't know about you, but I've sold enough soap to people who don't need soap. And so I've dedicated myself to more interesting problems. Yeah. I mean, look, it's improvement. I think the creative process is part of our human improvement requirement. And I like what you're saying, that we have a responsibility to think bigger and yeah. I 100% agree. Like how, And I think that's where the creative and the problem solving and thinking will go because we'll need to start thinking about impacts on each other, impacts on environment, impacting you know, the whole scale of things is technology advancements. Yeah. It is a good conversation and a, and a good one to strike up and have com- people thinking about and understanding what that means. And I, I think one of the most difficult parts of, of growing up really and I, you know depending on the age or experience level of, of your listeners I imagine there's some people out there who don't necessarily do this for a living yet but would like to I, I still question myself on a day you know daily basis but I really believe that that's where the magic is that said everyone's got to get paid I still have to take yeah. jobs do, <laughs> do it. I come up with a lot of lame ideas that that's part of part of the job yeah you know there's life and then there's contributions to life Murray look as always it's an absolute pleasure talking with you in conclusion though I always ask my guests to finish up with a be the drop tip so what is it that for you think you think is that the communication or the intention or the process that will help create waterfalls how do we motivate and inspire action in others well the most valuable tool or framework, you know, a tool that I've used and tip that I give out uh, to anyone who's really struggling, either to come up with ideas or to 
particularly if you're in the business of marketing and 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 you know advertising if you are feeling really smashed by your your business and and exhausted and you want to connect with why you cared in the first place the best thing you can do is go and volunteer for someone else put your hand up for any other job it is the best single best investment you'll make in your business and your humanity for the next you know year decade whatever it is whenever i'm really really struggling and and that you know <laughs> i'm an emotional guy i struggle a lot you know whenever i get really down or whenever i'm questioning the value of creativity or whatever it is of startups you know i will try and find some people who are not doing great and just say what can i do and if they don't have an answer then i will do something anyway because most of the time you know we're too proud to say we need help and hopefully you know remembering oh wow i have value the things i do have value and i'd like to get back and have some level of renewed vigor tomorrow oh murray perfect and we come full circle back to the conversation at the beginning about humanity and the human condition and the importance of it thank you so much my sincere pleasure cheers Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.